0: This is Joseph Trevesi. I'm here with Jesse Bird. Uh, it is February 22nd, 2013. We're recording this interview in the Africa Room uh, at the International House, Philadelphia. And this is part of the Loud Fast Philly project. Hello, Jesse.
1: Hey. Hi.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, so, for some of these interviews, uh, as I was saying to you before, and I'll say to the listener now, I wanted to talk to people who have an active involvement in the current incarnation of hardcore punk to kind of see and especially in Philadelphia to kind of see what it, you know, what it's like now, where it's headed, where it's coming from. So we'll take you back a little bit to when you were a baby. <laughs> um, <coughs> what year were you born?
1: 1985.
0: Okay. Um, and as a young person how did you discover this thing we call punk?
1: I actually kinda came to punk more through activism. So I started off doing a lot of animal rights stuff. Mm -hmm. And then uh, through animal rights stuff, I met punks that were doing animal rights things. And so when I was 15, there's a place in Pittsburgh called the Roboto Project. You probably know of it. I don't maybe know people from there. Um, I have no
0: idea actually what that is. uh, uh, Well, it's really- Please tell us.
1: It's a really awesome DIY space that's been around since 1998, maybe? 1999. Mm -hmm. And um, it's an all ages venue. And it was a really good space for me when I was, like, 15 or 16 to go into the city and see shows and meet people mm-hmm. and do something besides be in the suburbs and everything. Right,
0: so you were in suburbs of uh, I was in Pittsburgh. the suburbs of
1: Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, didn't get, I also went to boarding school, so I didn't really get to go to that many shows. But when I graduated, I came back to Pittsburgh and uh, started hanging out in the city and actually met more of the punks again, more, like, anarcho-punks, peace-punk. Mm-hmm. Lots of people that were involved in doing... Free ride, which is their, bike collective and things like that, and... Um,
0: so this is, um, I don't mean to interrupt you, but this yeah. is about the year, like, 2000
1: or f- so? No, this is more like 2004,
0: mm-hmm. 2003.
1: Okay. Yeah, this is like 2003, and mm-hmm. then, um, so we had been going a little bit when I... F- I was 17 when I moved back to Pittsburgh and started meeting everybody, and then I lived in Pittsburgh till I was 21, and then I... Decided, to, actually, it was a, I went. I came here to visit friends, and I went to the last Rambo show. Ah, okay,
0: very <laughs> and good. you know, my brother was in. Yeah, it. <laughs> my <laughs>
1: my friends just uh, convinced me that I should move to Philly, so I moved to Philly when I was 21. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I've kind of been here off and on for the last six years. I went back to Pittsburgh for a little bit. I went to New Orleans. I went to Oakland. I kind of followed sort of the traveling punk route a little bit right. and went to a bunch of places. And then ended up back here last summer. I came back for Punk's Picnic. And then, uh, I don't know, that's not exactly what you asked. That was sort of the the general timeline of how I ended up in Philly now.
0: Right. Well, so Philly, like, um, it seems like you've probably spent more time in Philly than in some of the other places that you've been in. Yeah,
1: more than anywhere else besides Pittsburgh.
0: What do you think the the particular appeal is of Philadelphia for you?
1: I think that Philly is really neat because... It's big and small at the same time. There's definitely a couple different scenes going on, but it sort of gives you more options because there's South Philly, there's West Philly, there's North Philly, and everybody's kind of doing it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And I lived in South Philly for a little bit, but I've mostly been in West Philly. And I like... I don't know. It's cheaper to live here (laughs) than other places. It's easy to work here, but there's just a lot of people that are really involved in, like, DIY shows as opposed to big big venues or touring bands just out there to make money which Mm -hmm. it's not bad to have touring bands obviously but i think philly is really great about supporting local bands and having a really nice local scene
0: Mm -hmm. so what is it that you like about west philly i mean clearly like west philly seems to appeal to like certain types of people um but what is it like for you west philly versus you know the other parts of the city
1: i mean there's multiple things and actually the reason now is more practical is that I have a dog and I can have a yard in West Philly.
0: Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> I mean, you can't really have that in most of the other parts. Probably not Center City.
1: No, definitely not. Rittenhouse
0: Square, no yard.
1: No. But um, most of my friends are still here. I think a couple of my best friends have sort of moved to other places where they can afford to actually buy houses, but I have such a close group of friends in West Philly, and the satellite is kind of a hub. Kind of, I live a little bit further over than other people, but it's still if I want to see people I can just walk down Baltimore and know that I'm gonna run into at least a friend or two. Right. So I like that aspect of West Philly. And there's more house shows here. I feel like in South Philly or North Philly it mostly ends up being bar shows mm-hmm. and I much prefer going to all ages shows.
0: Right. So. so going back a little bit to your introduction to punk, I mean you're com- if you're coming into this say early 2000s, this thing's been around at that point for a very long time, you know, 1976, 77, going through different you know, permutations over the years. So you, as you know, a young woman at this time, uh, what, what, was it, what was its appeal to you and how did you feel about the fact that this was a thing you know, that had clearly been going on for a really long time?
1: I think for me, I kind of felt pretty isolated growing up with a lot of the things that I felt. And a lot of the people that I'd met that were involved in activism or any other things were more hippies. <laughs> and when I found... Which is even further back <laughs> Which is in even time. further back. Yeah. But when I finally found punk, it was people that I related to that were kind of a little bit angrier and a little bit making more noise and having more fun. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And there's also kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but a little bit of like a mental health aspect that I kind of noticed with a lot of punks that a lot of people coming into punk have a different um, view on mental health or come to it from a lot of more different places as far as... So what
0: you mean that... Like, a lot
1: of people come into it from backgrounds of, like, depression or Mm -hmm. other things, which was something that I'd kind of struggled with that I found when I could just get into a pit and move around and right, dance. Right, and a little too tearful,
0: kind of like spinning <laughs> yeah. in a circle or something. <laughs> but I actually
1: felt a lot better and I had a lot more people that I could talk to and relate to in punk. Yeah. And then, I mean, there's just really cool bands like the Poison Girls mm-hmm. or Contra Potre. There were all these awesome females that were really strong and really powerful and really, you know, for being a young woman, you have these people to look up to that are actually doing things and saying something. And I thought it was cool that it had roots and tradition. And I think I sort of went back and forth at first about the history of punk. It was such a rebellion and it had all these meanings to it. And then I think if you can, if you get stuck sometimes in what it originally was, it isn't necessarily that applicable to your life. But then when you can see the dynamics of punk and how it can grow and be applicable to you and how punk has to change mm-hmm. and not just be, you know, anti Reagan or something right, that right, yeah. doesn't apply to me at all. Right, sure. um, I don't know. It's been a really important part of my life.
0: Something that I've I've gotten into with with a lot of the older people that I've interviewed is um, these are guys who, uh, so far it's it's been all men, these are guys who were alive and active and moving through the world before there was even a punk at all. So these folks see this thing born uh, in late 70s and then they see it kind of transform into hardcore and then kind of move on from there, and then you know they they go into the different directions. Their life experiences change, but something I was trying to get at with them that I was curious about was when they saw this thing born and they and they spent their time moving through it. And some of them are still involved in it today. But did they ever think that it would last, and that young people, you know, years later would still find this to be kind of a vital form? Um, and all of them said yes for the most part. I mean, they all felt like. The reason why this thing's managed to, to stick around and still kind of be appealing to young people is that it's, it's stripped down, it's raw, it, it's, you know, it's aggressive, it's vital, which is, you know, how, how people feel. So does that seem to kind of <clears throat> make sense to you, like, it's, it's appeal in present day?
1: Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, part of the difference between, I mean, even just in my ten years of being part of punk, I've seen it get more and more accessible which in some ways...
0: Would you say from internet or, or Yeah, how from, the, from the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, I
1: remember when I first started going to shows, I would find out through bands and shows from talking to people or flyers on telephone poles or, you know, somebody making me a mixtape and me really liking it and then going and buying it or seeing a patch on somebody's right. vest or something like that. And so there's kind of always, I think, going to be that insular part that wants to protect your scene and protect things that sometimes gets a little defensive of how much more accessible things are with the internet, but at the same time, if I'm into something, why shouldn't everybody else be into it? Mm-hmm. And But there is something about punk aesthetic being made a little bit more accessible where it, it doesn't necessarily mean the same things. Like, I used to look at somebody wearing a studded vest, and I'd be like, that's my people. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: and now if I see somebody wearing a studded vest, I'm like, I wonder if they bought that from Burberry. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's certainly an
0: issue. I mean, I remember being younger, like, you know, if you'd walk around a mall or South Street or, or wherever, you know, if you saw somebody wearing, like, a certain T-shirt or something, like, clearly they're part of the tribe, and you could talk to them. So if there was, like, an issue, or if you just wanted to, you know, make contact, there was really no other way of knowing that. But, you know, when, like, a toddler is wearing a Ramones T-shirt, yeah. that probably <laughs> doesn't mean that the toddler is that into that, and you probably don't want to talk to the toddler because <laughs> no. he, like, on himself or something.
1: But I guess the difference, of going back to it, what you said that the older people thought if it would be a sustainable movement and stuff. The, the thing that still delineates those people that buy the vest and make the vest is just kind of that DIY ethic. And I think that's still the appealing part of separating yourself from mainstream culture is being able to do it yourself. And not only that, but through punk, you have a network of people that help you be able to not necessarily do it by yourself, but do it yourself in a community?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's actually a really, really important part. I mean, it's something that I've always kind of like, felt through the years. I mean, I, I try to keep myself out of the interviews to a certain degree. But for the sake of bringing it up with you, like, to have a self-supporting community that, say, values, political endeavors, artistic endeavors, you know, creativity, is certainly really important. If a young person looks at, say, like, a band on, I don't know, American Idol or something like that, something like really manufactured and fake, they think, well, I can never do this because this person's on TV and they're lip syncing to the recording. But if you, if you get this germ, this antibody, you know, of punk in your head, um, it says to you, you can do it. You can rattle out a bunch of shitty noise in your basement and then, you know, there's a thing. So you think that that's kind of like part of what appeals to or... You know, maybe a positive side of disseminating the idea through the internet is that it kind of turns people onto this thing.
1: Yeah, I think it is really positive. Actually, a couple of years ago, I was doing an interview with Justin Sane from Anti Flag for something completely different. It was for an anti-war protest or something, and it was kind of when they were being called out on being sellouts or something stupid.
0: Was it a label issue or something? Yeah, they signed
1: to a new label or gotten some deal.
0: Sponsored by Vans or something. Yeah, something like that.
1: And he was like, you know what? That's fine. He's like, if we're the album that somebody picks up off of the shelf first at Hot Topic or wherever, and we open their doors so that they go home and listen to Osrodden and, you know, Crass and whoever else, he's like, that's cool. I'll be that guy to open the doors to people. And that's kind of, I think, the right attitude to have about it because there's so many people out there that don't necessarily have the opportunity to be a part of this community and I think that this community is really helpful to people to sort of teach people and open their eyes and give them opportunities because we do live in this world where people aspire to all these fake ideals or Mm. ideals that are completely unattainable like manufactured American Idol singers. Yeah, right. Whereas, yeah, punk is this really real thing that you can put realistic ideals into, and unrealistic ones too. Like, I don't know, you ask any 18-year-old punk and they think they're going to save the world, and at some point you realize you can't necessarily save the world, but you can do your part.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you think that, the, that politics still plays a, a really vital role in at least segments of the punk scene?
1: Definitely segments. Yeah. I think that punk, like anything else, goes in waves, and I feel like there was a really political wave for a little bit where everybody's kind of, you know, in the crust and into the anarcho.
0: Was I mean, like, Bush? Yeah, of during Bush and everything.
1: Right. And then now everybody's kind of having this uh, backlash, it seems like, where people are, you know, eating meat and making fun of people and talking a lot of shit. Are they eating, like, a gourmet
0: sausage, though, (laughs) It's from, like, a little tiny farm? No,
1: no, they're they're (laughs) eating, like, a McDonald's Big Mac and proud of it and, like, Uh. you know, just kind of trying to bring back, I think, sort of, like, a drunk punk, uh, we don't care, we're out to be sensationalist kind of thing, which is fun in its own right sometimes to go to a show, but it's it definitely feels different than it did a few years ago when everybody was talking about, you know, it's like a couple of years ago I would go to like a 1905 and Zagoda show and, you know, you have your safe space and everybody talks about things. And then now I'll go to like, I don't know, like Bucket Flush and Dope Stroke show and everybody's pushing around and having a good time and being totally wasted. But if you try to talk about issues with somebody there, they're going to laugh at you and probably, you know, call so you does something. It, does it make you, you
0: feel uh, kind of pushed away from that or kind of out of sorts out of step, maybe, with, like, what, that, that trend?
1: I mean, there's, I still have a lot of friends, and I still go to a lot of shows, but I will say it's, I'm not necessarily as into it as I was at other points, Um, but I also think it might be a little bit of a facet of getting older and just having other things on my plate where I can't just go to punk shows all the time.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Also... When I lived in Pittsburgh, I worked at a venue, so I had to go to shows all the time. So I would see things all the time. Whereas here, I well, at least recently, I'm t- too busy, to, so I have to be a lot more selective about the shows that I go to.
0: Right. So and you're 27. To you, like, wh- where does that make you? How does it make you feel um, amongst your contemporaries? Like, as far as like your age versus the people around you?
1: I think there's a pretty g- good crew of people around my age. I mean, I have a lot of older friends that have been involved for a long time that have sort of, some people are still involved, some people are a little bit more faded away, you know, bought houses, had kids, full-time jobs. Uh, And then I have some younger friends, too, that are coming up that are just going real hard, and it's really fun to watch them and Mm -hmm. see what they're doing.
0: Um,
1: But I think that there's still, that's the fun part about affiliate, too, is that there's people of all ages doing it. It's not just one age group maintaining the scene. There are different parts of the scene and different people and different age groups in each of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was gonna ask you about this. Um, mm, do you feel that your, your personal ethics have kind of remained in place through, through the years of moving through punk?
1: I think so. I mean, I think it was kind of my ethics that brought me to punk in the first place and then it was easy within punk to follow those ethics. I guess going along with what I said in the last couple minutes ago, uh, I think since the climate's changed, it's been a little bit harder to sort of stick with my ideals because it used to be, you know, Everybody sitting at the table was vegetarian. And not that that's like the main ethic of life, but it's an easy it's, one it's to a gauge. You know? It's
0: important though. I yeah. Mean, yeah.
1: It's, it's, a good, it's an easy one to gauge because I used to sit down at the table and everybody would be a vegetarian except maybe one person that ate meat. And now it's kind of the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so it makes And are it a, you
0: that one person that's not eating the meat?
1: Yeah, most of okay. the time. Yeah. So it ends up being, uh, it just it makes it a little bit harder. Because sometimes, you know, when you have everybody around you doing something, you know, I'm a little old for peer pressure, but it's like, wow, that looks like it would probably just be easier if I'm driving across the country and I'm eating french fries everywhere, and everybody else has these complete-looking meals. Yeah. (laughs) Like, maybe I should just, you know, give up. But then I see other friends that are a lot older than me that are still doing it and doing it awesomely. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And they're the people that keep me... Going. <laughs>
0: right, and I suppose you, you kind of like are you know an example to to younger people as well that you'll encounter, is that you know if, if you retain some politics and some ideals, then you kind of show people that that is still sort of a vital part of this thing. Um, how do you think that Philadelphia uh, as a punk scene is perceived outside of Philadelphia? I mean, what does the what does the rest of the country think of this place?
1: Hmm. Uh...
0: Or even just the city in general. Um, You know, I've always kind of lived here, at least my entire adult life. So i kind of been fully immersed in Philadelphia. But I've been to other places. You know, what do you think the rest of the country thinks of this place that we live in?
1: Most of my friends in other places think this is a pretty angry city. Mm -hmm. And they wonder why I live here a lot of
0: the time. That is is what I hear the most. I mean,
1: especially when I was living in Oakland. Everybody...
0: Cri- Oakland is they kind a violent city? Even, even <laughs> that's Oakland amazing. is an
1: incredibly violent city, but even just as far as the scene goes a little bit, because I think Philly is better known for its hardcore than a lot of other styles of music. Mm-hmm. Um, although there's actually a pretty good metal scene that seems to be coming up lately that's really fun. Um, but people in other places definitely know Philly bands... And uh, they know it as a place to go for shows, or place that bands come through, and uh, definitely also known as a party city. I think Is it a party <laughs> all my city? friends in Pittsburgh and Baltimore, I'll you know come here when they know that they want to have a <laughs> a weekend to rage. <laughs> and
0: are they are they raging in like West Philly?
1: Mostly, yeah, mostly in West Philly, sometimes in South Philly. Yeah, I think I that like that like West, West Philly Philly's kind of
0: bled a little into South Philly yeah, in recent years. Yeah, there's more years. of a
1: crossover now, I think, between West Philly and South Philly than there, than there used to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's usually like wherever you could find the cheapest houses, yeah. uh, and it used to be that it was like only West Philly, but it seems like some people have kind of gone as pioneers out into the, the realm of, of South Philly, and it has kind of like taken on its own little thing.
1: Well, West Philly's gotten a lot more expensive in the last few years. When I first moved here. I lived at the bath house and my rent was $150 a month. God, I was of <laughs>
0: like, Yeah.
1: And now I had to move all the way to 54th.
0: Yeah, north so you of just Baltimore. keep, you just keep on fucking going. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I paid $300 a month, which is still not bad. But I had to search high and low to find a house at 54th to stay in West Philly to be able to afford that kind of
0: rent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you think it's going to be a continual westward move?
1: I do think it's going to be a you westward and a northward. <laughs> yeah, it's a westward um, and also a north move because everything near Baltimore is kind of blowing up. Which I guess it's the, cool, but it's also I, well. Part of it, dynamics. I guess, is like the
0: the tentacle arms of the universities. I know they're always kind of trying to buy up properties because they make these. You know, they want to have these sort of like safe zones for their employees and the students. And if they're buying up the houses from the original people there, then certainly. The values for everybody, you know, going up pretty much.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. I mean it's kind of pushed. I mean most of the venues, the DIY venues, now are kind of north of Market, mm-hmm. just because that's where you can find the space and where people where you can, where you can find the space where you can afford and where people aren't going to call the cops on you.
0: Yeah, yeah. So are these mostly like these these sort of shows happening in people's basements, uh, you know, living rooms. Basements. Kind of
1: like- uh, well, there's a there's a warehouse. There's yeah there's a warehouse. There's Wolf Cycles. And Lava Space is still doing shows. Um, and those are all across Market. And then there's also, well, I guess Glatoria is on the side of Market, but it's pretty far west, it's too. It's called Glatoria. Glatoria. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and then there's, I mean, there's a couple other house spaces going on right now. There's the farm that's been there for a long time on Walton, but then there's another show space two doors up from the farm now, uh, which is cool. And then... Mm-hmm. Another friend bought a house in that block, so it's kind of becoming like a punk block, which is sort of fun, because you can walk down the street and there's like four punk houses right in a row.
0: That's pretty amazing. That's good. And I'm sure they all have great names, as you've mentioned, so. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, and the name of your house is what? The Dog House. And what is the reason for, uh, is it because your dog lives in the house?
1: <laughs> well, uh, my roommate and I both had dogs, so there were two dogs, but when I first, because I had this house for a year and a half, but I was in New Orleans for six months, and when I got back, I would friends staying with me during punk's picnic and there were eight dogs at our house at one point mm-hmm. <laughs> and so i just we started calling it the dog house because it, also just every time that anybody goes somewhere they know that i'm a dog person so they right. end up leaving their dog at my house
0: right so there was no peer pressure like listen you're living <laughs> in the house in west philly you got to come up with a name <laughs> to define the house
1: no although my roommate because I used to live at International Waters' house, too, and one of my roommates from there, we moved into this house, and uh, since he had come from a house with a name, he was like, does our house have a name? I was like,
0: oh, I don't know. It doesn't now. probably we're the have one <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh So one of the questions I was asking Will uh, was, in, in the last so many years, R5's been doing shows in Philly, and um, you know, the shows are kind of like, they're run by people who genuinely, genuinely care about music and come out of the scene there efficiently run, they're not staffed by thugs, um, you know, they're in like clean and friendly places that are reasonably priced. So what I was concerned about for some years was I was wondering if, if it was possible that like a generation of younger people would lose some of the DIY ethos of doing their own shows because they have something that most people in other parts of the country don't have, which is a really reliable, consistent source of shows, under, you know, underground to fairly overground shows. Um, so do you feel that that kind of took took away at, at all from people wanting to do their own events because it was it was so available or was there still a desire to kind of do, you know, a lower strata of event or something like that?
1: I don't think they took anything away at all. I think they just gave us more levels because they do tend to take bigger bands. I mean, it's still DIY, it's still punk bands, but they I mean, the smaller shows, there's still a huge place in Philly for that, and people still put on shows all the time. I mean, there's a show tonight, a show tomorrow, a show on Sunday. I mean, there's shows almost every day this week in a basement or a warehouse. Mm-hmm. I think there's one bar show on the lineup this week, and, I mean, there's just things going on all the time, and Philly's big enough that there's room for all levels of shows.
0: Right.
1: And, I I mean, I respect R. 5 I like those guys a lot, and... I think it's really cool what they've been able to do. And I feel like this about art and punk and everything. It's like, why shouldn't people, not that they're making lots of money off of it, but why shouldn't people get paid to do the things that they're interested in and help other people out? Mm -hmm. It's like, we can't all be a generation of bartenders and baristas. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Or it wouldn't be a sustainable thing, so. Yeah,
0: exactly, because nothing gets people to burn out more than sort of a prolonged poverty. Um, So if you have a, a supporting system around you, then and you can flourish in it then you don't need to you know leave the premises and say everything ended at the end of the right something that i think some people think uh, or will, will say of punk uh, or hardcore whatever is that the role of women is reduced to coat hangers holding the boyfriend's jacket while he moshes in the pit now when i hear people say this kind of thing i always think clearly you've never had anything to do with punk because it's never been my experience in seeing i mean certainly that happens sometimes, but that I've never thought that there was, like, a, a tiny minority of active women. I've always seen a, a large number of really active women. So, you know, as a woman, uh, what, what, do you, what do you feel about, you know, how, how women are perceived in the scene and, and, you know, you coming into it and, and you know, your, your part in that?
1: I think that, I mean, I've seen the occasions where, you know, I'll set up the show and then there'll just be... Yeah, some band members, girlfriends there sort of tagging along. But I feel like for the most part, yeah, women are really active in the scene, especially in Philly when I think of right now kind of the people that set up the most shows that I know of. I think of there's three women in particular that I think of that set up the most shows. And there's a couple guys too, but they're really, they're really active women in bands, in setting up things, in making art. And I guess there are shows sometimes where it can feel a little bit Intimidating, especially with what I was saying before about sort of this new backlash of being on PC just to be sensational.
0: Right, right. So do you think that that draws out like a kind of a more like a dudeish crowd that's probably not going to be so respectful of like your your body and its sort of you know desire not to be manhandled?
1: Yeah, I th- I think it's a little bit of a younger crowd that kind of comes out for that. And I think they didn't necessarily go through sort of the...
0: So they never listened to the Penis Envy record by No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, they 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 kind of started with, I don't know, with the casualties or something and just kind of yeah. came from there. And uh, like I said, which is cool, I think that has its place too, but I'm less likely, you know, I like to dance sometimes, but it shows like that I'm less likely to jump in. But it's also just a personal comfort level, and it's not that there aren't a lot of girls at those shows definitely is a contrast to like I'll go to metal shows sometimes and Metal shows are so weird because that really is a room full of dudes with some girlfriends hanging on. But and
0: their hair's so long. But their hair's some, some so long. Some of them long. kind of look like women.
1: And they kind of Ugly look women, at you, but... Yeah, and they kind of look at you funny. If you come in, like, a group of girls or just, like, a lady by yourself, there's all these dudes that just sort of turn their heads and look at you like you walked into a gaming store or something. Like, <laughs> right, it's just which con- is only men, of <laughs> which course. Which is just kind of uh, weird. But I, I think that women have played a really important role in... Punk in general, um, but I feel like especially in the Philly scene, there have been so many active ladies here, um, which I don't know is a really cool thing <laughs> no, no, I, I, yeah,
0: absolutely. so I guess we'll we'll kind of wrap it up a bit. So you pulled you know ten years in this thing do you Do you see yourself kind of continuing to retain an interest or in, you know an active level in punk as you you know grow older?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think when I was 17 and 18 or whatever, I started getting piercings, tattoos, going to these things, you know, my mom, some of my friends. Like, what are you doing? You know, you'll grow out of it, you'll grow out of it. And I feel like at 10 years running, it's kind of at the point where if I was going to grow out of it, I would have grown out of it already. And I think that it might morph a little bit, you know, as you grow older, you get more responsibilities or just sort of other facets of your life. But I think that punk is a really crucial part of my life. And... I'll always be involved in it in some way, whether it's just going to shows or just sort of living my life in a way that's full of choices. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything you do is a choice, and sort of those ethos will echo punk, I think, forever. Right, right.
0: <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, that was really something that I've been trying to get at with the interviews. I mean, the thing that seems the most important to me and that, you know, I'd mentioned to you before the interview, that seems to have moved through a lot of the people who are significantly older than you and even significantly older than me is that they've retained an element of the ethos. It kind of like, it showed them how to do a lot of different stuff that they might not have ever done before and make these connections and kind of like see a whole other world. And and I don't think that ever really goes away from somebody. Um, And I think that, I mean, for me, and I'm obviously not interviewing myself, but I mean, to see how you feel about this, I think that it's like when the seed's planted, it grows into a different sort of tree for each Person and the branches go in different direction, but I think that when the seed is planted, it doesn't necessarily have to go away. And do you feel? How do you feel about you know what the seed will grow into for you? Is it too? This is a weird question.
1: No, it's. Uh, I think that for me, Pittsburgh especially was a really good example to me of ways that you can sort of maintain your punk DIY lifestyle while growing up and getting and having changes. There are a lot of my friends in Pittsburgh that have had kids and have families and whatnot that those kids go to shows, they're unschooled or homeschooled, they go through this process of, they don't really have to make a lot of the choices necessarily that we had to make when we were younger because they're growing up through it and they have this really awesome not necessarily a nuclear family, but they grow up with the punk family mm-hmm. that we chose as adults, but right, they come right. up with it with kids. And I could see myself in the future, like, if I were to have a family of raising them in a punk community and giving them all these options because, you know, where else if, you know, I lived with a 12-year-old when I lived in Pittsburgh and if she, she didn't know how to sew a dress, so I helped her sew. She didn't know how to make a painting and somebody else helped her, you yeah, know, yeah. any skill set you had. And so to... Kind of keep going with that. And I'm in school now for environmental biology, so I want to kind of keep doing things that help the environment. So there's just all these things that I want to kind of push forward with that do seem to be more lifestyle and not necessarily just shows or scene related and more. I guess I think as I get older, I still go to shows. I'm still like, I'm setting up Punk's Picnic this year again. But I'm more involved in lifestyle. Things. it seems like you
0: see kind of a bigger picture like you yeah know, punk is you know fairly narrow uh, but when you kind of look out into the world, if you kind of bring those ideals out to a bigger space yeah and they kind of affect more people and make a better world sort of for all these people to live in
1: yeah, it's like I'm not going to get everybody to listen to a contrapoulttry record, but I can sort of bring the ethos out mm. more and I think Sometimes I go in and out of phases where I just don't care. It seems like a lot of work to bring a mindset to people that they might not have. But you said it before that I guess the only way that I've seen to do it is to be an example and to live by your own ideals because it's easier than telling people. So that's, I guess, where I see myself in the future. And I don't think I will ever... Not go to shows at least once in a while because right. when I need a release, there is absolutely it's really nothing fun. better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, Jesse Burt. Uh, it was good yeah. to talk to you.
1: Thank you. <laughs>